Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show where, of course, we wax poetic about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am one of your co hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me, as always, is a man who not only played professional baseball, but he also played in the National Football League for that first Super Bowl bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. He is none other than Ed Smith. But before I get to him, I want to let you know that with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in to the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What is good, my brother? Hey, you talk about a crazy week, bro. Golly, yeah. with, it is just bananas with all this stuff going on in the NBA or NFL and then obviously with Saban out of nowhere. Wow. I mean, who would have thought that we would be stable out here in Arizona <laughs> with our coaching situation, all the stuff going on around the league? God, this is true. This is true. So we're going to get into all that. That's on. Thank, thank goodness that's on the show notes. So, of course, uh, we're going to talk about the end of the the uh, the season for the Arizona Cardinals. I want to get uh, have a discussion about are they in a better are they in a better place? And I want to uh, throw out a few names and just to get your thoughts on their production for this season. Uh, and, and does this mean good things are to come? Of course, now we're setting, you know, everybody in the organization is looking towards the draft and preparing and free agency and all that stuff as it comes so uh, your thoughts on maybe what they need uh, we're going to touch on those uh, those coaching the, the coaching vacancies that have come up in both uh, college and in the professional ranks and uh, then you know just uh, you know maybe what they is there a wide receiver in the future for the Arizona Cardinals at least when we're looking at the first round and then we'll get into other deeper things when we look at the other picks there so let's start it off so the Cardinals finished four and 13 for the second year in a row and it's interesting because I was I've been listening to you know there's a couple of shows that I listen to locally and and they is there last season at this time we're, we're thinking that that four and thirteen yo changes got to be made people got to go this year so that meant that 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 regime was pretty much out the door and now you have. Uh, a four and thirteen here, and I've heard some people say this, but there's cause for optimism based upon this four and thirteen. What say you in terms of this four and thirteen compared to the last to last year, last season's four and thirteen? Yeah, I, I, all records are not created equal. Obviously, uh, four and thirteen, you'd like a little more. You know, you like more wins on the slate. You got to remember at the beginning of the season, we didn't know when Kyler Murray was even going to make his appearance on the roster, or if at that point, you know, we were. You know, I've made speculation that did not come true. Um, whether they would even activate him this year, they did. Obviously, by the time he got here, we were uh, well on our way to this four and thirteen. Obviously, Josh Dobbs gave us the best he could, and Clayton Toon came in and gave us a quick hit. You know, but once we got Kyler back, you know, we saw. I think we saw some progress to the point where I'm not sure if the organization is considering moving off him because I think he showed that he is a franchise quarterback. Couple things have to happen. We got to get more leadership from him. Uh, we got to get a little, maybe a change in his focus on the game and his maybe even personality in the locker room. But physically, 
that dude can play. And, you know, it's just a matter of can we bring it all together for him and then can we get enough around him? Because, you know, they stripped this roster to the bone, Brian. What the problem with that is they they got rid of a whole bunch of, I won't say dead weight, but they stripped it down. Now you got to build it back up. And it's not easy to do that in the league unless you one or two things you got to hit on draft picks out the wazoo, or you got to spend a whole bunch of money in free agency, which I don't think these guys are going to do. I think they're going to try to do it organically. So, I, I do like the progress you made. Is this four and thirteen is feels a whole lot different than that four and thirteen from last year? Last year, just so I'll throw this out at you, Jay. The Eagles at one point were ten and one this this season. Didn't feel like ten and one, did it? Right. It just, and so the record doesn't always tell the whole story. So the four and thirteen, as bad as it sounds, I think we were actually heading in the right direction. We got the because of circumstance, we you know you will talk about individual players, but we got to see some shine. Some guys got a chance to go out there and do their thing. And, you know, that was good. You know, and I, I think Gannon uh got an opportunity to really, you know, soak it all in as a head coach, you know, just experience and uh, you know, I liked in the last game couple you know trick play punts different things like that so yeah. i was like there you go so maybe he finally started to get it and now everyone will go into this offseason they'll start to fill some of the holes in they you know the coaching staff got the full six or 17 games in they got some uh you know work the players will start to figure out how do we make this roster better i think right. they might be settled on their kyler murray situation we can now go into the draft with a different mindset in place of, well, are they going to make a change of quarterback? Now we, hey, let's scratch that. Let's move forward. And I think at 4-13, and 13, uh, you know, there are other teams in this league, obviously, making coaching changes and stuff like that. Some of these, you know, teams that we thought were stable is all you can imagine. All of a sudden, they're going through it, and I think we're on the other side of it right now. And, you know, the sun might be actually shining out here in Arizona in, in, in more ways than just one. All right. I like that. I like that. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So let's go. So you, you alluded to it. So let's go to a few, a few players and I'm going to save the, save one person for last. I have him to start off, but let's go with, with uh, James Conner, James Conner, 208 carries. We know he was injured uh, for, for a portion of the season, but still 208 carries, 1,040 yards rushing uh, five, five yards, five yards average uh, per carry had seven touchdowns. He seems to be, you never with running backs, the shelf life, once they get to a certain age, all that stuff, we know about the downhill, uh, the, how it starts to go downhill. But one thing that – so kudos to him on a great season, and they got to keep him around, I would say. But they need to plan – to to be to plan for him because when Demarcado uh, was was out there, it didn't seem like the same type of runs because he didn't maybe he had a, he flashed a little bit. And so we had a couple other another uh, running back is uh, missing you know skipping me right now that that had a good running game, but they need to be able to find a good backup to be able to maybe have a two headed a two pronged attack. But definitely James Conner the way he plays uh, very physical is something that this team needs because they did actually run the ball more this season than last season. And, and once again, all runs aren't created equal. I think that this coaching staff, Petsing in particular, toward the end started to crack the code of how do you use James Conner best. And right. I've always said he's not a read option guy. You got to get yeah. him going downhill, pick a, you know, either go power, ISO, whatever it is, get him going down here from down here from seven yards deep and quit all this, you know, read option where he doesn't know he's getting the ball 
or he might get, I think toward the end, they started, you know, and get Murray under center a little more to, to give him the opportunity to do And he that. was on center a little bit more to those, especially the last four game, four weeks of the yeah. season. He was on, my son would hit me up and say, dad, what you think about that under center? I know yeah. you saw it. So yeah. And those are the things you and I've been talking about for the last few years. And I think that benefits James Conner. And like I said, I think they started to crack that code a little bit. Like how do we utilize him best? Or why is he not the, you know, he got over a thousand yards. The big thing with James is he getting a little older, you know, running backs, you know, they start to get, in those late twenties, you there you say near thirty. It's like oh god, so they're going to have to plan for the future. One, but this guy is a, a guy you you on certain games you can give it to him twenty twenty five carries a game, and that's his difference with some of the other running backs we have on the roster. They're not guys that you say you know when he's out, you can see the difference because we don't have that guy that we can just turn and give the ball to 20, 25 times. He's that guy for us right now. So in the future, they're going to have to figure out where we're going in that position. But for right now, I did like the progress of James Conner. The other thing, we got to keep him healthier from time yeah. to time. He does seem to get nicked because of his physicality and stuff like that. And that's always going to be an issue. But keep him healthy. Utilize him to the best of his ability by, you know, getting him back there deep and, you know, downhill. So I did like what I saw toward the end of the season with James Conner. So what about – Three, Trey McBride. Trey McBride, he, uh, he stepped up again this season, showed a lot of growth. Uh, 81 receptions, 825 yards, three TDs. And I'm going to go in and I'm, there's, I, I did hear this, uh, an opinion on this. And I think this is accurate, especially when we get into the third person that this might, you, this might not be what you want to see from him every year. And I'll get into that in a second, but but he he did a really good job of taking advantage of the opportunities that he had and really showed some growth and being somebody that uh, Kyler Murray could depend on. Best thing that happened for for Trey is when uh, Earth went down and mm-hmm. took that veteran out of his way to he had to do the job and he learned like he was that was like trial by fire right there. He was just tossed in there. And you, we saw the uh, what the, what a good tight end can do for any quarterback, meaning our backups. And then once Kyler got here, you know, uh, uh, Cardinals tight end with 81 receptions. Man, the last time you heard that, you know. Exactly. So the fact that he became a go-to, um, you know, sped his development up like you can't imagine. And moving forward, that's a position. Now, you can't quit. You, you know, you go out and find those supplemental guys. Maybe you find a more of a scat-back type, H-back type uh, wide or tight end to go along with him. But what I like about him, you can put him on the line of scrimmage. And blocking as a tight end is not an easy thing to do. But we saw mm-hmm. him have his good days, bad days. He's going to get better at that. You now can go out and get an H-back type dude, maybe to incorporate a little incorporate a little more two tight end stuff, but he's your guy moving forward. And that, that, I mean, that, that is a riddle that a lot of teams are always trying to figure out that tight end spot. We got it figured out here uh, with Trey. All right, so let's get into the third one. So, of course, got to talk about Kyler Murray. Uh, he played in eight games, uh, 10 TDs, uh, almost 1,800 yards, 1,799 yards passing, five interceptions and 89.44 passer rating. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, I think as, as the, there was, it got a little shaky there for me, at least anyway, where I just, I'm not sure about how, how this experiment is working with trying to, trying Mm -hmm. to get him to fit into this new, the, the, the new scheme, this new regime, that type of thing. But, um, but it seems like he, he showed some growth and maybe gave, maybe gave, 
uh, Monty Austin afford enough confidence in the fact that yes, we can go with him for maybe another year or two before maybe looking for some other type of uh, some other type of quarterback? What, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I, you know, shaky in the beginning, like you said. I think the last the game against the Eagles, I mean, that was like kudos, right? There. That was a great way to you know to come down the stretch. Um, the, the thing about Kyler is we know he has the physical attributes. We he was less dynamic coming back f- from that knee, just because I've been there. It takes more than just a few weeks to get comfortable out there, especially as a quarterback. He didn't. He wasn't as twitchy as he normally is. Meaning, mm-hmm. that he, you know, didn't see that explosiveness. You know, so we saw saw them spurts, but it wasn't like every had to worry about him. What I liked is toward the end, he started to lose, use the legs a little more, gained a little confidence. I think what happened was a couple times when he got hit, and it was like, ooh, and he got up. And I was like, okay, you can tell. Even it looked like even in his mind, it was like he's waiting on, to, to, I guess, that hit, the one, a hit or two, and he got up and he was able to move on from it. Those are the ones that when you get twisted in a pile or something like that, you get up, then you're finally like, okay, I think I'm past that. So it showed me that, you know, he's getting past that knee. This offseason is going to be incredibly huge for him. He'll be able to build more strength in it, have the confidence that he just got through this past, you know, these late later games here in the in the season. Put that behind him year two after the leg injury. That's when you usually see guys, it's not even a thought anymore in their mind. So I think, you know, throwing the ball, we still got a long way to go as far as getting him to drop back in the pocket see things over the middle of the field and deliver what I would like to see from him. And maybe it's through the offense or through his physicalness or, you know, his abilities got to throw the ball up the field more. We did a lot of side to side, you know, dink and dunk. I think at some point, if they figure out how to move him from the launch, you know, they, you know, change his launch positions where maybe a little more sprint out and stuff like that, we can get him throwing the ball up the field more. That's the one thing that he lacked. Uh, in my opinion, and then obviously coming back from that leg, the explosiveness, that'll take time. But I did like what I saw down the stretch. And then, you know, we'll figure out as far as his leadership skills in the locker room and on the field, knowing games and stuff like that. That's something he's going to have to grow into because, you know, Kingsbury, I think, enabled him a lot. He now has some people that are expecting more of him. And, you know, I think he showed them enough with their, their, you know, obviously with the contract, that's always a hindrance as well. But I think they, he showed enough where we can say he's our guy moving forward. So, of course, you know, that means they're going to end up trading him in the offseason. But, so, but, but here's what I mentioned with Trey McBride. And so here's what I meant by this. And so I, I heard this. And so it may, I think it makes sense. Oftentimes the, the, the tight end is the is that safety valve, right? So you have that safety valve. Sometimes it's a running back that comes out of the backfield. And so you get if they can catch out of the backfield, they have good hands. So Trey McBride was a primary target, not only for, for Kyler Murray, but also for Dobbs as well, right? And I think, but it's also if they go and they upgrade the wide receiver room, then Trey McBride's numbers may come down a bit. That doesn't mean that he's not doing the good things. Maybe he'll have more explosive plays. So maybe instead of maybe he'll get just that, maybe get just as many reception. I mean, uh, receiving yards, but maybe fewer receptions. If you get a dynamic receiver, maybe like a Harrison, uh, a Marvin Harrison Jr. Or bring bring a couple of players in to be able to to capitalize on maybe some speed, some height, et cetera, to really have a really uh, possible explosive offense.
may have lost Ed real quick there. So I think when we're looking, so those are things to kind of keep in mind there because again, it doesn't mean that just because he has a, that if the numbers go down, it doesn't mean that it's possibly a bad thing. So let's move on. So, um, so in terms of what do the Cardinals need? So if we're going into this off season, what do, what do the Cardinals need? So what they may need is, um, we know that Paris Johnson, he's going to need to to bump up and step up in this coming year, uh, in his second year, had a kind of an up and down rookie campaign. And then we look at uh, DJ Humphreys, who DJ Humphreys has a, a torn ACL that happened right at the end of the season. So he's going to miss if not all, then most of the, the upcoming season. And so as a result of that, the Cardinals may need to go out and get some, you know, get some help on that offensive line to really get somebody. So, so really thinking about that, because when you look at what the Cardinals have in the first round, you're going to see that the Cardinals have, uh, let's see, what do they have? Of course they have the number four pick. And then they also have right now, I want to say it's the 19th pick that they're getting from the Texans. So depending on how far the Texans go, that will determine what that, what that pick ultimately ends up becoming. Um, and then, so we alluded to this a little bit earlier. So when we're talking about the the coaching changes in the league, so not only in in uh, the in the NFL but also in college football. So Bill Bill Belichick and the and the Patriots are parting ways after what twenty four years. You have Nick Saban with uh, with Alabama. He's gone. He's been there. What he has a total six championships with Alabama. I think seven total. The one that he got with LSU. Pete Carroll's gone. Really changed that culture was there for 14 seasons if I'm not mistaken there with uh, with Seattle so three three icons in different ways so Belichick is looked at as one of the best uh professional coaches ever and then Saban looked at it in terms of in college rank to be one of the best ever so that so interesting to see how those positions are going to get filled what does that mean especially when you think about the Arizona Cardinals how that will impact that rivalry that we have because it was almost a, a given that anytime the, the for a while there anytime the the Cardinals traveled up to the great northwest the Pacific Northwest that they would come back with a loss for quite a few years there um, and so what I was going to ask Ed is so I'll, I'll mention this myself so with Jonathan Gannon, I think that, and Ed mentioned this as well, that there's a culture. Things are starting to change. But I think one of the questions that you have to keep in mind is that what does that mean as you're trying to, some of these guys that have bought into this culture, they probably won't be here next season. So how do you continue to build that that culture? But the question I was going to ask, Ed, was if you had to pick one of these coaches for Jonathan Gannon to emulate, um, which one would that be? And for me, I would say maybe the looking at, I would say Saban, here's Nick Saban. So, and here's why I say this, because oftentimes when we look at Belichick, the, the, his coaching tree doesn't have as much success. A lot of people got to the guy when they left, they felt that they could just copy and paste the Patriot way. And that wasn't the case. So if you're bringing on people and you're looking to bring people the best of the best on or seeing something potential in coaches, whether they're defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, or whatever position coaches that may be, that may end up going rising in the ranks. Saban has really done that. If you look at a lot of the coaches that have come underneath him and then they've gone out and this is in college, I know it's in college uh, football, but they've gone out to have success, right? So you think about uh, what is it? My man at, uh, at Georgia that is 
won three championships. You look at um, uh, at Clemson. So it's so there there are examples of success being had by those people that he brought in, and that's what you want as a coach. You don't want to have the staff that you have now. You see some success, and then the offensive and defensive coordinators end up getting opportunities, and then you fall flat on your face. So if you can emulate something that Saban has been able to do, that might bode well for for what's trying to be built and uh, uh, longevity here at, uh, for, for the Arizona Cardinals and for Jonathan Gannon. So if the Cardinals remain at number four, should they go with Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's a good question. If they're going to stay with Kyler Murray, where it's – it's maybe assumed is too strong of a word, but maybe it's thought that the Cardinals will stay with Kyler Murray based upon how he, especially the last four games of that eight week sample size that they're going to stay with him. I would say, yeah, you want to be able to go and get a dynamic playmaker, somebody that can, uh, you hear take the top off the defense that can do a lot of different things that can help when you have Trey McBride to be able to put him into the mix there. Those are things that you can build on. So you get him and then maybe you get another, then this allows, uh, maybe uh, uh, Hollywood Jones to, to 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 maybe I mean to allows allows Hollywood to be able to do what he needs to do to to maybe be that number two or number three instead of trying to be a number one, which is maybe not the best fit for him. So um, so keep that in mind. I would say for to go there, but because they have a couple of picks in the first round. Will that be an opportunity for them to maybe go after an offensive lineman? It's always tricky because you know you need those flashy, those those flashy players, such as a wide receiver in this case, oftentimes quarterbacks wide receivers, so they they're often taken um, much earlier than you would think. But the, the the trenches, so the offensive and defensive line is really where that success comes from because you have you have that stability, you have that talent there, somebody to watch the quarterback's back, somebody to maybe go after the quarterback, those types of things. So where will they go with that? I think taking a, they'll probably go with a, a skill position as opposed to an offensive lineman for that fourth pick. But since they have a couple of picks in the first round, maybe that's where they'll go after an offensive lineman, quite possibly. We don't get too much into the, the mock drafts, but maybe this is an opportunity where we'll do that since the Cardinals do have a couple of picks. And so keep that in mind. But, uh, but yeah, so we do this two times a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here. And, uh, well, it's a little bit of a drier, shrunken version, but uh, Ed has some technical difficulties. So uh, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams, and we are presented, as always, by Bet Online. And so we'll catch you, uh, you know, catch you on Monday. We'll give you some more. Maybe we'll break down some other positions there. But, again, make sure you tell a friend about Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. However you got here, we do appreciate it. You can go to Believe.com. You can just search Believe in Cardinals. Uh, you know, in your in the browser, and it'll take you there. You can go to the SiriusXM app as well, or however you got there. So we do appreciate you, and as we always like to say around this time, are you can. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.